Episode 106 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about Bosk. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, myself and Aaron talk about planting trees for admiring hikers and blowing leaves to cover the forest floor. On this gridded forest board, the trees placed in spring will earn you up to three points in summer, and the falling leaves of autumn earn you up to eight points in winter. Keep in mind that we played this at two players, and our review is focused on that experience. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Aaron talking about Boss. A small wooded area. That's what a bosk is. I didn't know. Oh, no, I didn't know what a bosk was. Honestly, I could have believed that it was just a different language. On Board Game Geek, there's a little tagline. And the tagline for bosk is navigate the four seasons and lay claim to the land with your trees and their leaves. It's designed by Daryl Andrews and Erica. Yeah, good luck. Boyoris. That's almost certainly wrong. The artists are Quan Chai Moria and Peter Walken, published by Floodgate Games. It's two to four players, 20 to 40 minute playing time. It took us an hour. We um, like to play slowly. We like to. It's a weight of about two out of five, 2.09 out of five. It says ages 13 plus. I think that's just because they didn't want to maybe do further age testing. 13 seems a little old. For this it's not yeah i mean i think play it well younger kids yeah for sure. right but you could say that about you know adults in a lot of games you don't have to play them well that's not part of it from majestic maples to ancestral oaks players nurture their trees aiming to thrive over the course of a year in a beautiful national park in the spring players carefully grow their trees scoring as hikers enjoy traveling the trails in the summer when autumn comes leaves fall in the ever-changing direction of the wind guided to cover the terrain and other players leaves points are awarded in the winter for the most coverage of each region of the park gain your ground in the park to be victorious in bosk it had a couple uh nominees for awards cardboard republic striker laurel nominee and board game quest awards now best production values i haven't heard of any of those and it's a good production value yeah i would say it's, it's exactly good it's but not like good not best like next to kickstarters but like pre-kickstarter games There's, it's very nice uh, not even pre i don't know i think it's it's solid and it comes with nice like boxes for each of the players yeah. stuff and there are cardboard trees you put together in that sense when you open the box it looks a bit like photosynthesis if you played that by blue orange games and the leaves are nice the leaf tokens are wood tokens. Yeah, they're really nice. There's a little squirrel as well. That's oh, a, yeah. that's a wood token guy. too. I, I underuse my squirrel. It's fine. Yeah, I think it's hard to use, and we'll get into that. Now, just to give you a sense of the price, how possible it is to find this game, very possible. We got our copy, I believe, used at Half Price Books. The suggested retail is 40 You can get on Amazon for around 36 There's used copies that you can find for as low as $14 on eBay, apparently. There's even some copies on the geek market through Board Game Geek. So those are usually, well, they're not, sometimes they're new games. Um, and those are widely ranging in price. So be sure to check that out if, after we talk about Bosk, you think that you want to give it a go. So like the description said, you're scoring twice. You play a year. Right. There's really only two phases of the game it says four seasons but it's four seasons it's, you do a thing you score, you score it. it you do, you a, do thing, a thing you, you score, score it. it yeah 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 that's true um so you score in summer you score in winter in spring you're setting up it really in spring you are setting up where your trees are going to be for the entire year in this park yeah the so, trees don't move 
even though scoring will happen again, you like your trees, they are planted, they are staying there. So in uh, spring, it's a grid board that you're looking at, and the grid has six different color sections that are meant to be terrain types. And you are laying, you are planting your trees on the intersection mm-hmm. of those grid lines. So when you go, go to score in summer, you go for majority in every row and column, get you points that are on a table and that we'll, we, we might talk about. But your trees, it's not the quantity of trees you have in a row or a column, it's the value because your trees have a number from one to four. You have eight trees, two of each of those numbers, right. two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours. So we played a two player game and the map I believe is a little smaller. Well, it's like bigger, but then it has less, less grids in them. Right. You're kind of trying to balance. If you can get yourself in a clear row or column, only you. You get lots of points. You get more points. If you are first and someone else is second, you, you, you know, first player gets more. If you're tied, you split the points of whatever you're tied for. Now, in a two-player game, you can never be tied for a second. You but you can tied for first. both score more points and feel good about it. You can, you'll both score. You'll kind of keep it everything equal because it's the same as scoring zero points if you have the same number of points given to you in a two-player game. And there's no, there's never an opportunity where you lose points. Not that I saw. You could just. Are you taking points away from me? No. That was weirdly accusatory. So that is spring and summer work. You then score in every row and column based on the numbers on your tree. And you just alternate back and forth when you're placing out the trees. It's not like more complicated than that. Yeah, it's like an area control deal. Yeah, so you're just slowly placing them out. Kind of a, I think there's a bit of a chessy feel to that because you are like, you know, there's a grid, you're placing things yeah. out, you're trying to get the right positions. Uh, in the game we just played, I happened to do a diagonal pattern pretty which, much across the whole board. Which I think it's just optimal strategy in a two-player game. I think in a three-player game where other people are going to lock down the rows, because you, by you know. doing a diagonal, you basically prevented me from getting any row or column by myself. Yeah. which is the highest scoring. And you had several by yourself because I did not do a diagonal. I think in a two-player game, you basically need to do that. I think that I didn't do it on purpose. I was well into, I was placing maybe my fifth or sixth tree. And I, man, I made my fifth tree. And I was like, I see that I've done a diagonal, even though I wasn't intending to do that. And then I was like, well, should I stick with it? Now it's obvious. Now I've stated it. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's fine. It worked out fine. Yeah, you are trying to, match with everyone else and you're just trying to find the spot like where's one spot where i can score a few extra points for this but overall you score more in the winter than you do in the spring in spring it's like as much as five points but in the winter it's as much as eight points because it's it's eight it's not as high in the spring oh that was eight when you got in the summer in the the summer no i think it's five it's not as high uh if i'm wrong i will have said that in the intro and you'll be like this is that moment she was talking about in the autumn or the fall your the wind starts blowing and it starts blowing the leaves off the trees. So then you have leaf tokens, like big cardboard tokens, where you say how many leaves are going to fall off of a tree. There's eight turns, just like there was placing the trees there's out eight there. Trees. So yeah. There's eight trees. And there's this little sideboard that comes on to one edge. Whoever is lowest score, lowest score when it turns seasons, gets to put this little sideboard, whichever side they want to, and the directions, the direction the wind blows changes cardinal directions. I mean, eight times. It's twice it goes north, if you want to put it that way. North, south, east, west. 
it goes each of those twice. But that lowest scoring person gets to decide where this board goes. And that means, is it going to go north first? Is it going to go south first? So on and so forth. And then you also pair that. that once that's set, that's in, that's in stone. That's going to be where it stays for the whole autumn. Then you look at your token leaf cards, like your big cardboard ones. And they have numbers two to eight and also a squirrel. And you pick, okay, well, the wind's blowing north. In the first four turns, you have to pick a tree that's number number one, two, three, four, like that. Your first yeah, turn, you have to pick a number one tree. There's eight trees, two number ones, two number twos, two As number threes. As we said, for the majorities fours. in spring. So you have to pick that. Then the second set, you can pick any number you want, but of course... Which will be a one, two, three, and a four remaining. Your options are going down. It's going to be a one, two, three, or four, but then, you know, you pick a two. Well, now you can pick a one, three, four. You pick a four, then you can pick a one, and three. So your options kind of go down. That's something I noticed that I wasn't thinking about was, oh, I could have like balanced the direction the wind was going. Because when it got to the end, my trees were, they weren't grouped together, but I just, it occurred to me like, oh, I, it would have been better if I kind of planned to keep having trees. But the challenge here is that as you blow your leaves, you're claiming the actual squares before you've been doing everything on the grid lines. Now you're putting things in the squares created by those grid lines. And those leaves are your area majority for the six different terrain types that are on the board. Yeah, the board's just color-coded. It's just colors. Like, I mean, it's like water it's, and a field. Nice. And, yeah, it's nice, but it's nothing It's nothing crazy. It's, it's color blocks. And if you want to put your leaf where someone else already has a leaf, you can do that, but you have to pay a leaf for every leaf that's there. Yeah, and they don't keep their leaf there. You cover their leaf. You cover it up. So it's still there, but you cover it up. If your leaf is on the top of a pile, then you don't have to pay. You can just go ahead and put your leaf there because you kind of like already own it. There's it's almost like a waste to you. But sometimes right. you want to do that so you can the wind keeps blowing and can get to where you want to go. So let's say you have a five. The wind's blowing north. Your trees at the bottom of the board. You can go first in any of the two squares right next to your tree north of your tree because your right. tree's on a grid line. Then once you pick a square, you can go in any of the three squares continuing uh -huh. north, the one that's directly north and then the one that's northeast and northwest and so on and so forth. You pick a square, you can go north, northeast, northwest until you run out of leaves. If you manage by the end of autumn to be the only person who has leaves in an area, you get eight points. You get eight points, you eight bunch points. of points. Um, otherwise, it's the same kind of majority scoring, first place, second place, what have you. Now the squirrel. The squirrel, you can put up to three leaf-blown spaces away. Same kind of rules. It's the two right next to your tree, the three, right. and, and then three. But it's, it's, so a, it's a bigger area because you basically have theoretically like a, pyramid. a pyramid. Yeah, a pyramid going backwards. Well, that squirrel gets to just claim a spot, doesn't have to pay for it, can never be covered up, can't be de-squirreled by some other squirrel king right. that comes by in another player's color. Very useful. Or kind of turning the tide exactly where you want, kind of locking down a path that no one else can then come back through. You also can't come through it. So right. there's that. And the other advantage of the squirrel is when you are placing for a round, everybody picks the number they want to play. They all flip it over at the same time. You see whoever has the lowest number that they've chosen is going to get to go first in the next round. So because we all know the way the wind's going to blow. We kind of know the trees that we're going to have to choose from, if not the exact tree we're going to have to choose. 
So you might want to play the squirrel because you know the wind's going to blow in a direction and you want to go first because you want to claim a certain amount of territory. Maybe you're going to save up your big number card for when you're going to go first so you can really flood an area and then cause everyone else to have to pay more to get done what they wanted to. I know that that happened. I don't know how much I did it to you. I don't know how much you thought like, oh, you went before me. I think you were more often going first. And so I was like reconfiguring my plans. Like, well, I was going to blow to the left, kind of following right. the leftmost motion. And now like, eh, maybe I'm going to go to the right because now you're all over the left side. What is, I would say, downright strange about this game, about two times we've played it. Is oh, that this is we've crazy. Scored the, we've tied both times with the exact same score. Yeah. Yeah, four plays of the game between us. Suspicious. 62? Uh, 52? The board goes to 50. Like, there's just a a score tracker. The board goes to 50, and then you kind of can loop around, I guess, as much as you see fit. I imagine there's a max score. A max score would be like a solo score, though. Like, everyone else. I don't know what the max score would be. Because I was thinking, like, if you got... No ties. Uh, I'm the only one in it, but you can't be the only one in every row. So you'd have to figure out like how horribly could someone play. And let's not. Let's let's avoid that altogether. Yeah. And that's a pretty good. Do you have anything else for kind of just a summary of the game? It's not always advantageous to go first. I think sometimes it's good to see where someone has committed and then you can adjust. Now you know what you're up against in terms of covering those leaves to gain that area of control back. It's mostly good to have them down. I think it's, I think it's, I don't disagree with you, but I think it's both. I think it's, it it factors a little bit into what numbers, and if you want to get pretty like big brain about it, it factors into what numbers they've already played. Right. I had less flexibility later on because I played more of my bigger numbers first, but then that means I made you use more of your bigger numbers to get around the leaves I'd already put out. Right. But then by the time I got to my big numbers, I knew what I was up against. But that doesn't knowing what you're up against you what you're up against is the fact that i put out a bunch of big numbers cheaply so i i'm guess you're saying you can more strategically spend more on certain squares that's but right i'm not i just think that i don't know the wind how the wind's blowing and where your trees are are going to play a lot into what you can even do right but right. i'm pretty sure that in an area majority game being able to get a majority of an area is good yeah i mean i think it's it's both in i agree Okay, it doesn't sound like agreement, and I am going to move on. So yeah, we have a a summary kind of like Mad Libs that I put in our review thing. Did you say a game of majestic trees and falling leaves? No, so it says like in this game, you are blank trying to blank so that you can blank. And I think in this game, you are... I Maybe you're managing a section of a a national park. Oh, I feel like you're a natural park ranger. Uh, trying to grow the most trees there was that little thing about like the different types of trees in the board game geek description yeah i think you know no way do they talk about types of trees so i think if anything it's a bit generic like it is trees or leaves but it could have been dandelions it could have been armies it could have been much simpler dice game anything it yeah that is it could have been like it's not even though there are trees you're really just placing things on a grid, scoring. The wind, I think the, the wind You're, mechanic makes it feel thematic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's without that. I'm just saying that it's the artwork, I think, is, is doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Yeah, and I would say in this game, you are a National Park Ranger trying to strategically place your trees. 
so that you might control the most control most of the of forest. the winter growth yeah and then to win this game you just the most points yeah because um, that's the other kind of uh mad libs we have to win this game you will blank in order to blank so you will place your trees and spread your leaves in order to have the most influence which is scoring the most points we have just very simple review questions to answer is it good yeah <laughs> yeah i think it is okay when i first played it i really thought the just the way the game arc of we're gonna place things we're gonna score them we're gonna place things we're gonna score them but it all did kind of tie together i do agree with you that it's a really it's just two phases and then i feel like the game could be other people are playing this faster i see how it could just be 20 minutes we are not. There's no reason at two players. Like it could be a 20 minute game. But then right. I also think it could be like a smaller game. It looks nice. But would it be so bad if the trees were really just like um, almost more like uh, in Furnace where you have like a one, two, three and four mm -hmm. disc? Yeah. If they had like just a one, two, three and four kind of disc. I, I like it's the, nice. It's I like nice. the length and the weight. I think it'd be more fun at, at higher player counts. That's Yes. But I think I'm saying it could be a box half this size without all the cardboard oh, trees. But maybe. the boxes are so nice. And then it could just be cards instead of the cardboard things for the for the leaves that you play in autumn. Yeah, it could be it could be a smaller form factor. So yeah, I think for me, I could I would be happy with this game being scaled down, still having all the lovely artwork, but then on cards more, and still having the wooden tokens but I think I could see it being scaled down. So is it good? I would say good. I don't think for me it it's sound excellent. Good. Well, it's just not excellent. Is it good? Yes. Like, I think it's a solid game. I think it's worth playing. What makes this game unique? And this, you go first, because I have, this is where you're, I think you're already hearing some of my uniqueness feedback. It's an interesting, there's lots of like tree growing games. Yeah. And they, lots of them have, you plant the trees or you plant the seeds and then the trees are related to the trees and whatever. But I think the, the fact that there's only one round, basically it, it, it's really just you do every type of action once kind of makes it unique. And I think oh, yeah. it can be fast for that. Because uh, you were kind of, when we were going over the rules, you were like, so how many years are we going to do this for? And I was like, like one, one, year. <laughs> one year, one so year. Doing think, it once. Yeah. So I think it's really just, you, you have one shot to do any of the things makes it kind of unique amongst the tree growing games. I think the other ones you just have kind of one shot to do it. I think the national park and the tree growing theme, there are other ones that I like more. And so I feel like this one isn't quite unique enough. The, the grid line placement and then the area majority kind of stemming from like, you kind of do a placement and grow from there so right. or spread from there. I don't think for the mechanisms, this would be my favorite implementation of those. It's a nicely produced game. And I think this is another one where like if I was just getting into board gaming or if I'm someone who doesn't have hundreds of games, this is a very nice game to add to that collection. I think now that I've gotten through more games, this one just doesn't rise white to the top it's like well if i wanted a national park theme i think i like parks or even trails maybe a little bit better if i wanted a tree kind of growing theme i think i like evergreen better if i wanted to follow the seasons kind of theme not sure which game i would pick 
but I know that I have multiple to pick from. Bosk. I, I'm not, I think I wouldn't pick Bosk. I think I wouldn't pick Bosk. So is it easy to learn? Yes. I do think uh, making sure, they, they're very clear in the, real, in the rule book. Lots where of good examples. There's lots of good examples, and they will say like, hey, this is important for scoring. I think without those, this would, I think that helps you actually get the most out of this game. So I will definitely say that's a point in the favor of this. And why I also think if you're not trying to have a bunch of games, this is a good one because maybe you're also playing with different people here and there. And it makes it easy for you to clearly teach the game to other people. Yeah. And I think it's the type of game that if you did play it more regularly, the rules would be like, they're not hard to remember rules in addition to not being hard to learn rules. No, they aren't. And I do like a game. This is probably the biggest point in its favor that I'll say. And I said the same thing about pioneer days. I don't, I don't know that I said it on the review. I like a game that kind of cleans itself up and that, you know, when the end of the round is coming because everything in the game is telling you that very true of this game. So this game, you're putting out your trees one by one and you know, when those are out. And then when you do the leaves in autumn, you actually, uh, as you do the, the, put the leaves out, you take your tree off. Yeah, so that, you don't get that, confused that and use the same for those leaves. Well, it's just winter. It's just it's just it's, over. It's and fun. really, it makes it not sticking to the theme of saying, like, well, there still be a tree here makes it so much clearer to see who's doing what. If everything stayed on the board and then you have to be like thinking or remembering oh, who used untenable. what number two tree it wouldn't be untenable. It's some of these other games that are out there. So I do like that it kind of cleans itself up. You put everything out. And then you take everything off and it makes it very easy. The scoring is not necessarily simple. Oh, there's a nice table. There's a table. Um, and once you get into it, I think it's fine. And they tell you, again, the rule book is good at giving you helpful hints of use the first player marker to go by, go down the oh, rows yeah. and columns to make sure you've got them all. So things like that, it, it would be easy to get confused in that if you're if you don't keep it very methodical as you go through it i think they do have nice tables for you to follow to get the scoring correct how do you feel while playing oh i feel engaged now Uh, do you feel like the nat the park ranger that you mentioned or do you just feel i feel like i'm solving a manageable puzzle yeah and i think it does feel and they never said park ranger but we're trying to say if it was a as full of a theme as we can give it i think that i also feel like it's just a little bit of a puzzle i think a little bit of stress trying to understand the placement out there. There's a point where you're just doing a lot of math and counting to try to see, okay, well, they have a two and a four left and which ones am I winning and which ones could, could they win and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I say, we're taking longer to play this game. Other people are just like, here's a nice place for a tree. And then, you know, it does kind of matter um, how spread apart your trees are. And you, when you're placing them, you're trying to get not in row and columns or get majorities. But then when it comes to winter, you know, having them in a mix of places helps give you flexibility for the different ways the wind's going to blow. So if all your trees end up kind of grouped together because you end up kind of fighting back and forth or around a couple key rows yeah. that you had already invested into and then needed to win to make things work. Some of the areas that you're controlling are smaller. And so if you're trying to get the eight points for doing the whole thing, like focusing on those can be good, but then other people might also then be fighting for them because it right. takes less to get them. So it can get crowded in those the way areas. We, played, we were kind of segregated. So you ruled the top half of the board. I ruled the bottom half. Now 
I don't think that's true because I had a diagonal line across the whole board. Yeah, but, but your leaves were concentrated at the top of the board. Oh, where my leaves ended up being? Yeah, well, there were smaller areas at the bottom of the board. Yeah. And I think that at the end of the game, you had some stuff down there that you could use yeah. the numbers you had in the direction that things were blowing. Yeah, my last Definitely. turn, I covered up. I did think... I got the eight points on three in my last two turns by covering up your last one in a region. Yeah, I do think that early I on, I placed on an intersection that was like four different types. Yeah. And I think that could be a thing to say if you're near these where if you're near the intersections of many different terrain types yeah then that also gives you some flexibility when it comes down the line as to okay which one of these do i want to grow into you may or you might not have a ton of options there but it's going to mean you have at least two no matter yeah. what direction the wind is blowing so i think i would agree that i feel more uh strategic while playing maybe a little stressed about trying to do it a lot of math if you're trying to really pinpoint with accuracy and i think when it gets later into the game i'm trying to make a strategic choice but i feel like maybe i'm guessing as far as where i ought to send my leaves to because you just don't know what the next person is gonna do it's not stressful for me i just resolve to guess yeah yeah but i don't necessarily like two-player area management right. games i think that bears out pretty consistently across all of the things we play as far as trees as a theme and games and what makes this game unique i would rather play evergreen where there is a shared scoring thing happening but i have my own board right i'm growing my own trees I've got my own sunshine. I have my entire own planet. I'm not in here dropping my squirrels on your leaves. No, no. So I think that we are often playing things at two players. So we're approaching games like this more from a two-player play count. Even if we might imagine what happens at three, the board's also yeah. bigger. I think that it's all just, it's hard to fathom exactly how much does it change or how consistent is it of an experience. Yeah, I yeah. agree with this. In closing... Aaron, would you recommend this game? I recommend it. Yes. Oh, I, and I think you seem like easily recommend. I mean, I like the definitely game. recommend. I like it. the game. Like I was surprised when you were like, ah. So are you saying you're now this is my clarifying question. Are you saying your recommendation threshold is lower because you're an extrovert and you think games are cool and why not we all play a game together? Like, would you if you were putting a out of 10 rating on this, not that you have to, do you think that like anything over a six you're like yeah i'd recommend it but maybe for me it's like anything over an eight do you think that's possible i'll recommend a game if i think someone could have fun playing it and i, I think it's i i would say that's a little lower than where i'm at for recommendation but there's certain games that i think people could have fun playing but i just particularly don't have fun and then i'm like yeah i don't play that okay okay so, but yeah but no i think if you know for me do you, does aaron recommend you play a game i mean i like games i think people should play games we're, we're here doing this podcast because we you know right 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 and i think i'm trying to figure out like well how can i set the level the discernment level about the same for us so should it, that should it, should, if you have a hundred game collection and a hard cap should it be in your hundred game collection uh maybe okay okay maybe that's a better way to approach the recommendations like if you're keeping a hundred games, which is a good amount of games. That's a, it's a lot of games. I think if you're keeping a hundred games, this should pass through your collection. It should just come in, come out. Yeah. Like a yeah, you should tree. 
dropping its leaves as the seasons yeah i would say change it's a it's a game of majestic trees and falling leaves and i think it should the pun doesn't work but i still think you should play it now what is the number of games that you would own where you're saying oh yeah bosk is definitely in oh you're like 100 pass through i mean i, oh, I think 300 if you have 300 games but this is too hard for me because i don't keep the catalog of games as well as you do i know i'm just but I'm i just know that we have it. about 300 games and i don't think we should get rid of it Ooh, we are like i would you know it's true probably current state there's a calling coming but current state we're probably pretty close to 300 games and i don't think it makes my which is a wild statement it's just a reminder there are so many great games out there if you're looking for some lightweight tree fun that's pretty quick oh bosk is there for you i don't think i am and i don't think it's in my top 300 well, I like it. I think you should play it. Bosh. Thank you so much for listening to episode 106. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com. And you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. We've heard that Threads is a thing that we should maybe join, but we're just hoping to get our existing digital presence sorted out by the time Gen Con rolls around, which is now less than a month, and we're not stressed about that at all. I'm lying. The next episode will be a retrospective of the hundred things that I've backed on Kickstarter. It will also be a bit of a tribute to the Brothers Murph, as it will be in rapid review style and also use their tier list rating system. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 105 more episodes headed your way, the next one being a review of Pioneer Days. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.